In the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, how are you today? You're listening to St. Mark and Bemidji's podcast, a podcast for people who like to leave their brains in gear and ponder the word of the Lord at home, in their car, on a bike, or wherever they find themselves. As much as I love making this podcast, this program is not the church. It doesn't replace coming to church and receiving the word in a church in a divine service. There's no substitute for receiving the blessings of Holy Communion in Jesus' true body and blood, in, with, and under the bread and wine. There's no substitute for being able to talk about God with other believers before or after a service and receiving that encouragement that they can provide and you can provide for them. So don't put it off. Come to church Wednesdays at 6.30 during Lent or on Sunday all through the year at 8 or 10.30 a.m. Ask a friend, an acquaintance, a co-worker, or someone you know to come with you and learn too. Because the word of the Lord is for everyone. Today, we have the pleasure of listening to a meditation from Mark chapter 8, brought to us from Timothy Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. Let's ponder what God has to say to us as we listen to Pastor Allard. The Word of God comes to us from Mark chapter 8. We read a portion of it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? So far the Word. The whispers about a remarkable man they're spreading among the people like wildfire. His name, Jesus of Nazareth, he's speaking to the hearts of everybody, connecting to people that nobody else has been able to. He's carried on the lips of fishermen, they're talking about him, the, the lips of tax collectors, the lips of the marginalized, and he's producing hope in the people. And Jesus the enigmatic teacher who people just can't figure out. He gathers his disciples close, and then he speaks to them in the hushed silence, and his words cut that silence like a knife when he says, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and by the chief priests and the teachers of the law. But Peter... He hears those words and he recoils at these words of Jesus. He, like many others, had this vision of a triumphant Messiah who is, who is going to usher in this era of glory, who would liberate them from foreign oppression. And yet, this is what he hears from Jesus. So Peter rebukes Jesus. And Jesus responds, Get behind me, Satan. And Peter is stunned into silence, shocked. In this moment, dear brothers and sisters, make no mistake, we are seeing a clash between human expectations and divine revelation. Between what humans so desperately want by nature to hear from God, and yet what God knows that we need to hear. And so Jesus, the promised Messiah, shatters Wonderfully, I'm very glad to say, shatters human expectations 
in the confines of conventional thinking, and he puts forth the truth. So listen to this invitation today to relinquish our preconceptions of what the Messiah is supposed to be and why he came. And may our hearts, this is my prayer, may our hearts ever, ever be open to this unexpected Messiah, even as he tells us to take up our cross. It wasn't just a Messiah that was unexpected. The path of the Son of Man, the Messiah, was also unexpected. But the necessity of the Lord's servant, the Messiah, the necessity of his suffering was laid out repeatedly in the Old Testament prophecies. And I would put before you the opinion that the clearest of those prophecies is in Isaiah chapter 52 and 53. And now listen to just two verses from that section of scripture. I read, Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And after he has suffered, he will see the light of life. And so it was. That Jesus with a teaching that should have been obvious by now. These were God's chosen people who had the scriptures. Jesus began to teach them again. You could think of it as him baby-stepping this teaching into their hearts as he lays out plainly what was in the days ahead. And I think the disciples, as they were hearing this, already choked on the truth that Jesus was going to be rejected. No, they thought. That church-state entity that was the government of the Jewish people, that was under the Roman governor, the Sanhedrin, is going to reject you, Jesus. And yet the irony here is that the very disciples like Peter, who couldn't handle the fact that the leaders were going to reject Jesus, did you catch it? They themselves now reject Jesus and what he was telling them he was going to do. It's no wonder that Jesus says in Psalm 146 that do not put your trust in princes who cannot save. Yeah, do not put your trust in human leaders in the government, the Sanhedrin, the government today. Do not put your trust in church leaders, not in the way you put your trust in God. Not this preacher either. Because we can get her wrong. We too can be corrupt. Just like Peter, who is now rejecting Jesus to his face. Let us put this most simply. Rejecting God's plan of God putting his son to death for the sins of all is satanic. To reject that plan is satanic. And the irony is even doubly thick here, because right before the lesson that I read to you, do you know what Peter said about Jesus? Jesus asked the question to his disciples, who do the people say I am? And then he said, but who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the, you are the Messiah. And Jesus could have said, 
Good answer, Peter. But now, Peter, let me ask you, what do you mean by Messiah? What did he come to do? And it seems this is where Peter failed. Because what Jesus wanted to bring is a perfect life, a perfected life that never ends. In essence, what Jesus was doing was telling Peter and his disciples, look up, look beyond what's right in front of your face, which was Roman oppression. And Jesus himself lived under it and understood what it was like. And look beyond what you see. Look past the temporary. This is the great challenge in any age, isn't it? Things that are temporary and that we get lost in. I can give a very contemporary example. Social media influencer culture. Have you ever heard of TikTok? No? Maybe? Yeah? You ever heard of Facebook? I bet you more of us have heard of that. Or maybe Twitter, now known as X, or Instagram? There was a CBS News survey that was put before young people, American young people, and they asked, how many of you want to be influencers with followers and who actually make enough money off of that, which you can, to earn a living? And can you guess what the percentage was of young people who wanted to be social media influencers? 87%. And 12% said, we actually already are social media influencers and we are making money off it. And some of them weren't even graduated from high school yet. And yet the problem with it is just like trying to be an NFL player. It's the same thing. How many are going to make it? And once you do make it, people realize, oh my goodness, there's actually a lot more work to this than I realize. And you have to have like a perfectly curated image. And if you go or, or stray from it at all, you better give a very clear apology or you might just lose your, all your followers overnight. And people sometimes lose themselves in this social media influencer culture and what is very temporary, especially when they find out they've lost their account, they've been blocked, their followers have walked away to follow somebody else. That's just one example of thousands of how we can get lost in the temporary. And sometimes those temporary things can actually give us and lead to bad results. And here comes Jesus to tell us it's all temporary. Not just social media. Everything is temporary. But a perfect body and a perfected soul existing before God in his presence in heaven that is forever. And this is what Jesus was trying to do with Peter. And so he tells us, it's not just the path of the Son of Man, the Messiah, that is unexpected. He now invites his people to an unexpected life as well. His sons and daughters. But please don't confuse this with the cross of Jesus. That is the cross by which Jesus died and paid for the sins of all humanity. Only he could do that. This is talking about the cross, which is any kind of suffering we might have because we're connected to Jesus by faith. And so Jesus starts to tell us things that don't intuitively make sense. Things like 
Bear the burden of a cross. Lose your life here. Deny yourself. I mean, don't we spend our whole lives trying to lift burdens off of our shoulders? It might literally be a burden when you're, when you're a young person, a student, and you come home from school with that heavy backpack full of textbooks, and you throw that thing in your bed, and you're like, oh, glad to get that off my back. Or, in a more figurative sense, when your academic career is coming to a close, you're going to graduate, and you're finally done with the tests, always with the tests. Or when you retire, and you can finally say, oh, I didn't hate my boss, but it's just nice not to have the boss telling me what to do. I can set my own schedule now. We spend our whole life, right, looking forward to ending burdens, or at least what we perceive as burdens in our life. And yet, as soon as we apply, Jesus telling us to deny ourselves, and we feel the struggle within us, don't we immediately apply this to other people? To deny yourself. Don't we want CEOs of powerful companies to deny themselves? To carry the burden that they should as a CEO and bear out their fiscal responsibility and not just try to raise in an artificial way the value of the company for their quarterly meeting? Don't we want politicians to think beyond making insider trade deals in Congress so they get filthy rich? Don't we want them to think beyond themselves and bear the burden of responsibility? And yet it seems so weird when Jesus says it to us, doesn't it? Deny yourself. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, but it does. For those of you who are mothers or fathers, when your children leave for the last time and you're waving out the window of your house and watch their car go down the street, do you do that sometimes? until they go around the corner, watch the car. And then you say, oh, I'm so glad that burden's gone. Maybe part of us does, the sinful nature, but I'm willing to bet you miss them. And even when they're gone, you say, I want to still help them in any way that I can. And why? Because you love them. You're denying, without even thinking about it, you're denying yourself. And you were glad to serve them. This is what Jesus is speaking of. And so he says, lose your life here. The world is going to say a full life here is to experience everything on your bucket list. Or that to get everybody or most people to love and respect you. And failing that, to gain enough power to put fear in everybody around you and control them before they control you. Does that lead to happiness? Maybe, but just in this life. Jesus says, I have come to give you life to the full. And an obsession with the material world of having to experience all and having people love me at all costs, that is too. That also is satanic. And it damns. True life is knowing the Son of Man and his words. And notice Jesus says it twice in this short lesson. Me and the gospel, me and my words. You cannot separate the Bible from Jesus. Knowing him and his words leads to life 
to the full, to a place where you will literally have all people loving you, and you will love them right back. A place where you will have, finally, the ability to experience everything, everything that you want to in the realm called heaven. Why? Because with the exception of the gift of being united with Christ, God will give you the second greatest gift of all, which is time. Time itself. To love all and experience everything. What was it like for Peter as Jesus taught him this lesson of put the cross on your shoulders. Suffering for me is good. And then he says, get behind me, Satan, to say that Peter was resisting that teaching. What was it like in those shocked seconds right after that? But I would say, what was it like for Peter in the years that followed when he was an older man before he was executed for his faith? I would submit to you that he might say something like this if he was standing before us today. Something like, as I reflect on the events of that day so many years ago when Jesus said, get behind me. I, Peter, was filled with shock because I realized what Jesus was doing. He confronted me with a reality that challenged every notion that I had about the Messiah and his mission. And as the years passed, the Holy Spirit led me to understand Jesus' mission. He came to usher in a kingdom not, not of this world, but a kingdom built on his sacrificial love that is going to bring us to the gates of that world, heaven. I should have known. I should have known. So dear sisters and brothers of Timothy, today, as we look back on that moment of time between Peter and Jesus, know this. Jesus was the unexpected Messiah. But not anymore. Now, you expect him. You understand him. We know the answer. When Jesus says to Peter, what can a human being give in exchange for their soul? You now know the answer. Blood of the Son of Man can be given in exchange for a human soul. So as you think on that, let us live our lives in such, such a way that someone may actually see us living a life that understands that sacrifice that God gave us, and they too may become ready, ready for the unexpected Messiah. Amen. I sincerely pray that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Didn't get enough of God's Word? Are you missing out on that in-person fellowship? We hold divine services right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. We also live stream our Sunday divine service at 8 a.m. You can ensure that you are notified when a stream is live or a new podcast is available by subscribing to our YouTube channel. It's easy to find by typing in St. Mark Bemidji in the search bar and clicking on the subscribe button. Want to listen to meditations the way I do every day? Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Go to podcastindex.org 
and search for St. Mark Bemidji to find us. This is our fifth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarksbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again www.stmarksbemidji.org. May God bless the rest of your day.